Welcome to Just Relax, a podcast where we take that advice seriously. I'm Heather. And I'm Rachel. And we're just two millennials trying to chill out one experiment at a time. Just relax. Namaste, Rach. Hey, Heather. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm still, uh, you know, not fully settled. So I'm in the random room in my apartment building where there's internet. So sorry for the echo and uh, whatever other sounds might come up. It's okay. We'll put up with anything we need to to have you here. Oh, thank you. All right. What's stressing you out this week, girl? I think what's stressing me out is like the documentation and paperwork that comes with moving to a new country Um, because I have all the paperwork I need to but some of it isn't physically in my hands yet and it bothers me because I like to be in control and I want to have everything that I need because it's like if anyone were to ask me for it I want to be like yes here it is here's this here's this here's this Mm -hmm. instead of just like a printout from the internet so that's just me out reach so what's stressing you out this week this week i had a very stressful episode with my puppy because he got very sick and i had to emergency take him to the vet there was some crying involved and some freaking out but ultimately it's fine it just turns out he has like a really sensitive digestive like tract so he's a west highland terrier a westie and they're kind of known for that along with um very sensitive skin issues he's always been really picky about his food and like so i guess this latest food that i've been feeding him disagreed with him to the point of giving him like mad intestinal issues so now he's on antibiotics and we had to change his whole diet regime and like do all this stuff so I have a cute little bougie pup. So I don't know. Like it's good now, but it was a very stressful week because of dealing with that. Oh, poor baby. You should tell everybody what his name is because he's very special. Oh, his name is Harry and he is my little angel. He is white. He's incredibly cute. Like Mm. too cute. Usually I tell people when I think their dogs are ugly straight up. I'm just like, you have a hideous dog. I don't like it. But for you, I can be honest, because I would tell you, some dogs are just ugly. Like, I don't think the ugly, cute thing is true. Like, some dogs are just butt ugly. So if Harry was ugly, I would, like, let everybody know, by the way, she thinks he's cute because, you know, it's a face only a mother could love. But no, Harry is angelic. He's like a poster boy. He's a really good dog. Like, he's fantastic. So other than that... We know that we are stressed. We have that. Like, school's a little bit stressful. You moving to another country is stressful. But specifically, we're going to talk about one stress today that is pretty universal for women. Yeah. And men, because they have to deal with people in their lives that might be going through this tumultuous issue. That's true. Today, we're going to be talking about birth control birth control because not only is it a cause for stress because anxiety and depression is a side effect of a lot of birth controls but also the stress of how effective it is wondering if you're pregnant or not all of these issues make it one of the most like dynamic topics when we're talking about stress absolutely and there's so many different like types and different things like different types of stress that come with each of them and whatever so what is your birth control story, Rach? 
it's a long story. So I'll try and break it up and just give you the highlights. Because there's been some things that I wanted to tell you before, but I'm like, you know what? I'll save it because I know we're doing a topic on this and I have a lot to say. Perfect. So my birth control journey started when I was 17. Uh, I thought I was doing a really proactive thing when I booked an appointment with my family doctor. This was in Canada. Um, And then I was going to go in and just say, you know what? I think I'm ready. I want to have this birth control. I wanted it as a contraceptive. Um, But I also was like, I have acne like most teenagers. And if there's... This is going to be the fix, the cure-all, and we can kill two birds with one stone. Perfect. Perfect. So I went to my doctor, and I told him that I wanted birth control, and I told him the reasons why. And he told me that he would not prescribe it to me because of his religious beliefs. And he said that he couldn't because he thought that that was killing the life at conception. And he instead sat me down and talked to me for 30 minutes about Instead, what I should do if I were to have a baby and get pregnant, because that's what I should be thinking about if I'm going to have sex. At the age of 17. At the age of 17. In the mind of this, what, old white guy? Yep. Yep. Old white Christian man. Oh, my God. The people who think they should tell us everything, even though we don't ask their opinion. Well, the problem was I was asking for his opinion, but I wanted a medical opinion and not a religious opinion. He should not be saying like, yes or no, don't take contraceptive unless there is some like really crazy medical reason. But really, he should just be like, let's review your contraceptive options. Like that that's the kind of advice you were asking about. Exactly. So it was very discouraging and I felt ashamed because I thought there was something wrong with me and what I was trying to do. Luckily, the silver lining is he instead of referred me to the nurse practitioner to talk about that sort of stuff, because I think he realized that you know, he wasn't going to give it to me. Someone was going to, so I might as well stay within his practice because he was my doctor my whole life. Like, it was pretty disheartening because I wanted someone who was going to know my whole history to give me the best medical advice, and then he couldn't and wouldn't. It was more of a choice. So then I started trying out different uh, pills. That was the first thing I went on. I tried one um, called Diane 35. It really made me an emotional mess. Uh... And it's hard to now know, is it because I was 17 or because of the pill? But I do think there was like a sharp decline in like my attitude. Um, So sorry for everybody who knew me then because I was awful. Um, But then I tried some and I eventually found one that worked really well for me. And that's the beginning of the story, but there's a lot more to it. But before we get to it, I'll just ask you, Heather, what was your experience when you first went to the doctor to ask for birth control? Um, So I never went to the doctor to ask for birth control. My story is that when I was in high school, so just to start, like I've always had very irregular periods, Um, didn't think too much about it because honestly, when I was 16, not having my period for six months did not seem like the worst thing to ever happen to me. In fact, it seemed like a blessing in disguise. So anyways, it got to be the summer before I was about to go off to university and I confided in my best friend that I hadn't had my period in two years. She got exceedingly concerned, forced me to tell my mother, who looked at me like I was a fucking crazy person, and then proceeded to make an appointment with my doctor, who then made me an appointment with a OBGYN specialist at our local hospital. Um, So going into, it like all happened very fast, like with like the month before I went off to university, 
Um, so I sat down with this gynecologist who went over um, like my whole kind of like history. And she then diagnosed me with PCOS, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, which is really common. I, I don't want to make up this statistic, but I am pretty confident that it's something like one in five women are like suffer from it. And at the end of the day, PCOS is a hormonal imbalance in your body that ha- like manifests in different ways. So in some women, it manifests as like um, cysts on your ovaries, which can be like extremely serious. It can manifest in like insulin resistance and like extreme weight gain, which is very, very difficult to lose. It can result in like extremely heavy body hair in like regions that women don't overly have it, like your face and your chest. Um, it can result in like obviously extremely erratic periods. Um, and overall it makes your chances of conceiving a child pretty, pretty low. Um, so this all was like hit me when I was uh, 17. So anyways, as a result of getting diagnosed with this, a very common way to treat it is to go on birth control. So Mm -hmm. I have been on the exact same birth control, which is Yaz since I was since September um, of the year I turned 18. There was a short period of time where I went off birth control mostly because I couldn't afford it because mm-hmm. it is not covered by our universal healthcare system in Canada. It is expensive. Like I really like Yaz because it actually does help with my skin a lot and for like contraception also. It's funny that you mentioned Diane 35 though because just last week I was at the doctor and I am someone who never suffered from acne as a teenager but suffered as an adult. So I went to my doctor. I was like, we need to do something about this. And she prescribed to me Diane 35, which I did a bunch of research on. Yeah, I think I know what you're about to say because I did the research afterwards and I'm like, huh, interesting, but go ahead. Diane 35 is, was never made to be a contraceptive. It was made to be an acne medication for like extremely difficult acne cases. Not so far, like, not acne that's, like, so far gone that you need Accutane, but it's, like, something that, like, your doctor can prescribe you. You don't need to see a specialist, whatever. So the way that they did it in the, like, trial rounds, they were, like, oh, hey, turns out these, like, hormonal medications are so intense that it affects a woman's, like, cycle, which means that where most birth controls have the side effect of, like, helping your skin, this is a skin medication that has a side effect of like like not letting you have a period which is insane to me well this it's actually something else that i thought you were going to bring up is this this is uh basically a strain that has been linked to multiple deaths uh i think it's 11 women in france france at one point um it's being connected to some other complications and that that's surprising and that's kind of a another stressful reality of birth control is that there are such real side effects which brings me to my other drama with the pill yes essentially i was on this one birth control for a long time and then once i started growing into my mid-20s i think something shifted in me hormonally so that i was no longer compatible with this birth control i started getting really bad acne along my chin which is hormonal i started feeling these really big drops in my mood right around uh, my cycle like my period and then there was a whole host of other things but the most extreme was these weird headaches and i'm not someone who ever has headaches but it was like color flashes and sensory overload they were migraines but i didn't know they were migraines so light was really my eyes were really sensitive to light and sounds were really hard to process and 
I remember one day at work, I just, I could, I was falling over at the sink when I was like washing my dishes after lunch. And I was like, something is not right. And I knew something was wrong, but because I was dealing with anxiety, um, because of the birth control, which is a very strong side effect for me, whenever I'm on a birth control, it's like anxiety just like comes along with it. Um, so I was just like, okay, I'm probably overreacting, whatever. So I go to the doctor and they're like, oh, you probably have an ear infection because you almost fell over. So I started this really heavy dose of an antibiotic. And this is when we went to San Diego. So it wasn't yes. too long ago. But on the flight, I was like, something is really wrong. Like, I know it because everything seems closer than it should be. Like, my perception and my eyes, like, it's not reading reality very well. And it was really scary. Um, but I'm like, you know what? I'm just nervous for the flight or something. This is anxiety because anxiety manifests itself in so many different ways. But then yeah. I remember, like, when we were there, I was taking the antibiotics. So I felt like garbage because I couldn't keep any food down. And then I was feeling like garbage because I was also taking the pill and it was giving me these migraines. So I just stopped both cold turkey. And the next day I felt amazing. And yes. I think it just like was a night and day difference immediately. You like woke up in San Diego on the first morning. Cause I remember that flight and all you could eat was like oatmeal. You were like so nervous about being sick and you didn't, you like felt like shit. And we, you chalked it up to a bunch of different things. In the back of your mind, you're like, oh, I think it's like these medicines or whatever. But you're like, maybe it's this or maybe it's this. Because I think we all try to trick ourselves into believing it's like something else um, mm -hmm. a lot of the times. But yeah, I remember like the first morning in San Diego, you were like, I feel so much better. Like, oh my gosh, like it's a real, like it's such a such a tangible difference in like my like life right now. And it wasn't an easy decision to make because I am uh, in a relationship, so not taking birth control isn't a, like a, a something I just want to choose independently. It's something that I have to like plan for and find, you know, I have to accommodate afterwards. Um, but I was just so sick and tired of feeling like garbage, and it was going in cycles. So like when I was on my period, I would not be taking my pill, so then I felt amazing, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like the headache went away. So it must have been something else. Like I must have switched what I was eating or something, but it was never the pill because, you know, this one had been working for me for so many years. So I thought it was golden. I thought I had finally found my fit. But then I talked to a doctor about it after I came back. I went and uh, went to a sexual health clinic, which was amazing. I was so happy to find it. I think you recommended it to me, Heather, actually. Probably. Yeah. And it was, it was, a, it was great because the person who was there was an expert in contraceptives and yes. they talked me through everything and I I have so I'm so grateful for that it's like the opposite experience I had when I was 17 this woman was just brilliant and just told me everything I needed to know not that I needed to hear and also told me that because I had the migraine issue with birth control she can no longer as a doctor prescribe me any birth control that's a mm -hmm. pill because um, that's the precursor to having strokes and yes. having blood clots. So, and I'm not willing to do that. And I, I've, it's a risk that I think is so real for people who are taking birth control. And it's just scary to me that like, uh, it's just scary. It's just so scary. Cause like, it felt really awful to me and it was going to be so easy for me to just like shake it off. Like if, if life circumstances were different and I wasn't in a position where I could just stop taking it or I don't know, like, People, it's really hard to like know your body and be really in tune with it. And that's something I've worked towards so I can recognize when something's off balance. But I think for a lot of people, they would be like, oh, I just have these headaches. I'll just take ibuprofen. But I don't take 
a lot of those topical medications because I'm like, there's a root cause to this and I want to fix it. And that's what really helped me in this situation. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to, to note that when you went to the sexual health clinic, clinic also listeners support your local sexual health clinic go to planned parenthood go to these places that have like very well-trained people who are like very non-judgmental Woo, way better yes please do and and like we're giving you some anecdotal stories here but like we don't have the advice for you and everybody is so different and every option is gonna react to you so differently so like please go support these places talk to them about it if you're a man or you're not needing it for an actual contraceptive or if you're non-binary or a woman who doesn't need it or anything in between it doesn't matter it's good to be educated about this still and if you have a resource of someone to talk to i recommend doing that absolutely and i think it's so important that at this place they didn't tell you to just relax or like calm down or like make or like you know just kind of be flippant about your problems and your pain because we know that's a hugely systemic issue in society is that women's pain is not taken seriously um and I think on like a bigger scale it's an issue because women feel a lot of the time or at least the women that I know feel a lot of the time that taking birth control is like the only answer it's not like we have many options like if we like yes we did fight for the right to control our own contraceptive destiny But it's not like we were given many options with that fight. It's like, you want to be able to control this? Fine. Here you go. Take this pill. This shitty pill that we didn't get to complain about because... And that kills people. Yeah. (laughs) It kills people. By the way, side effects include possible death. And Um, But like also depression and anxiety. And those can lead to some other serious problems, right? And unhappiness and, and suicide. Like this is real. Absolutely. And I was recently explaining this to a male friend of mine whom I asked if there was a male birth control pill, would you take it? And he said, no. And I asked why. And he said, you know, like that's a hormone, like that would be altering my body like that. That would be, you know, changing me. And I kind of looked at him and I was like, and what do you think ours does? Like, and I kind of explained to him in a historical context, like we didn't get the opportunity to demand anything better because we had already demanded something. And they complied with that. They let us take control of our body to any extent. And so when we were finally given this choice and we stopped being judged so harshly for, you know, family planning or whatever, that we couldn't turn around and be like, I know we just demanded that you let us, you know, control this, but we need it better. Because they'd be like, you take it or you don't. Like, these are your options. So because we were so limited in options, we haven't. Like, that has not been a priority. We are like, this problem is fixed. Let's move on to another problem. And it's not like the other forms of birth control are that much better than the pill. And don't get me wrong, there are some people out there and the pill agrees with them fantastically and it helps their life. But I (laughs) don't hear those stories as much as I hear other ones. You know, like one of my good friends has the same reaction to birth control as you do where they started taking it and um, immediately like their body started changing. They reacted horribly to the hormones and they started getting these incredibly horrible migraines to the point where they can't take like estrogen based birth control, which is a huge burden on their life because now they have to and like almost every other kind of birth control is estrogen based. Um, including the shot or the Nuva ring or the patch or whatever. So like the next option, and there's even like the IUD is estrogen based unless you get the copper one, which is a whole other 
barrel of monkeys. Well, actually, like, and for the hormonal IUDs, it's progesterone, which I have other things oh. to say about that, but it's it's not estrogen. So when I was talking to the doctor, they said, okay, here are your options. And basically it was the IUDs. So I actually have had the Marana IUD before. And if we're right. going to dive into that story, here's the worst phase of my life. And I'm not Go even being it. dramatic. Like this was absolutely horrendous. And this is one of those rare stories that you hear people talk about the Morena and they either love it. And I'd say, you know, 85% of the time people love it. So yes. I got it in university because I was sitting in my house with my roommates and they were all like, oh my gosh, the IUD, I love it. it changed my life. I don't have to worry about a thing. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I want. My pill is okay with me, but I don't love it. And there was always things about it that I kind of looked over. And I like the idea of having something inside me so I didn't have to always worry about taking a pill. Not that I ever missed a pill, but it was just like, it sounded too good to be true. Yeah. And it was. So I went to the doctor with my friend and we both made an appointment together. Um, but I remember being in that appointment and I said, okay, but tell me the side effects. Like I've had issues with birth control before and the side effects. And she said, don't worry about that. And I, that should have raised a red flag. And I, I think the Mirena has been a very new product. So for a lot of doctors, it's been like, this is great. People have success stories. I had a horror story. And it's not that it got implanted inside me. It's not that it was painful because actually the insertion was great for me. I, I found it was like a little pinch. So I'm lucky that way. Wow. Um, I know because some people say that that's excruciating. But for me, I had debilitating anxiety, which is right. not something I carry day to day. I say that the other forms of contraceptive gave me anxiety but like my baseline before I started taking any contraceptive is to not have anxiety I'm a little stressed and anxious but that doesn't mean I have anxiety and especially compared to what I was feeling at this point I thought the world was ending at every turn I thought the world was going to stop spinning I thought that I had a heart condition because my heart rate was all of a sudden 100 120 beats when I was just laying down I my whole body was just like totally just fighting itself and like it was like everything was just so terrifying to me I couldn't function and I had this extreme chest pain I had just like it was just so surreal and I it, it was just such a dark time in my life like I was just a mess and I I thought to myself I'm like I feel like I'm dying like I really really do but that's what anxiety does to you too you think you think everything is so much more extreme and everything is the be all end all. So I remember walking down the street and I was having these weird like moments where I'm just like, you know, it just got to the point where I was like, something is wrong here and I don't know what it is, but the only thing that's changed in my life is this thing that's been put inside me. So I got it out. And then I went on my pill again and then things seemed to get better, but it took a while because I think whatever was in my system uh, needed to work out of it. And this is something people express online and it's called um, basically it can be related to different things, but they call it like, um, oh, I forget what they call it. But anyway, some people think it's because of the chemicals that are in the IUD, not the progesterone per se, which is, does lead to anxiety in a lot of cases, which it did for me. But it was also like a um, kind of an allergic reaction to maybe the silicone in it or something else. Right. I don't really know what happened. But when I talked to doctors about it, they were like, no, 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 it's not that. You're just anxious because you're graduating university and life stuff. And I'm like, no, like, you don't get it. Like, I'm usually okay. Like, I'm usually, there's no history in my family. I mean, there, there is in some levels, but like, it just seemed like there was no way that I just all of a sudden woke up 
the day after I got my IUD and was an anxious person. Right. You know what, so, Rach? What? You probably should have just relaxed that entire time. Okay, you know what? <laughs> I wanted to so badly. It's like there's just a, a time when you're really anxious, you can't. And I think what really was a silver lining in this whole journey is now I am totally sympathetic to like when people say they have anxiety, I'm like, dude, like, I've, I've, <laughs> I don't want to be like, I've been there, but I have. And it's, yeah. it can be so bad. And what I thought it was anxiety before was nothing to what it really can be. It's like to the level of like, you know, I, I thought the whole universe just didn't make sense and it was about to collapse in on itself and like every person was just you know I was just a ticking time bomb to die which I shouldn't have felt at 22 like perfectly healthy but that's intense I thought I had cancer I thought I had anxiety well I thought I had a heart condition I thought I had this and that and it was just because my body was rejecting something and it was just all mental it was just all in my head right um I know what it's like. I, it sounds kind of like you were almost bordering on paranoia. Like you were so yeah, anxious say- that you were paranoid, which is like nearly, I know I'm jumping. Like, I don't want to jump to um, like assumptions or whatever, but it's like paranoia can very soon quickly into like turn into psychosis. And it's like, it, it sounded like you were quite close to a mental break, which <laughs> is horrifying i'm so sorry you had to go through that and i I think i was and like in retrospect i do think it was totally related to that because just the timeline lines up where i got it in the november of that year my symptoms started immediately and then when i got it out it slowly became like the sun was coming through the clouds right Um, and it's just such like i do remember that time and like my best friend i talked to her about it a few months later i'm just like what the hell happened? And she's like, you haven't been yourself. Like this was terrifying for her too, because she just didn't know what to do. Right. And I'm amazed that I'm still with the same person that I was with then. Like the fact that they were so supportive and like proactive about it. And they were listening to my rants about <laughs> what, what ailments I thought, honestly, yeah. it was terrifying. And I'm sure for them, they were like, I don't know how to fix this. Um, so I'm very happy that it was, not something that's uh, like attributed just to me and my own brain chemistry, but instead the chemistry of something else. Right. That's terrifying because you're right. Like a lot of the stories I hear about the IUD, um, Morena is very, very positive. Like to the point where people have tried to convince me time and time again to get it. It'll change your life. It's amazing. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, the only thing is like the insertion, which I've only always been like very, very scared of because I've heard like everything from like, oh, it feels like a pinch to it was the most excruciating moment of my life. And I was like, cool. But at the end of the day, like I like taking the pill because I like being accountable for something every day that reminds me I'm being proactive about my contraception. Um, and I also rely on it for like an acne medication more or less, which is why I'm going on to Diana 35, which is a little bit terrifying because my doctor did warn me about the potential, like how it's linked to like a higher risk of um, like stroke and it is linked to a lot of deaths. And so to be very, very aware of how I'm feeling on it. And it also says like 
full on don't take this for longer than like three or four months at a time because like you don't want to have that much of it in your system. Like take a break every once in a while. Um, Because originally when my doctor told me about it, she was like, yeah, I'm going to put you on this like other birth control that's like far better for acne. And I was like, okay. And then when I picked up the prescription, so it's not called Diana um, 35 anymore. It's like called its chemical name. And on the box, it says oral acne medicine. And I was like, wait, so is this acne medicine or is this birth control? And then I like was talking to my sister who's a nurse and she was like, because I was like, do I keep taking my other birth control? And she was like, well, what did the doctor say? And I was like, I don't know. She made it sound like this is birth control, but that's not what it says. And so when I looked it up, I was like, oh, so it's basically acne medication that is so strong. It stops you from ovulating. <laughs> like... But doesn't that raise the question for you? Like, what else does it do to my body? Oh, absolutely. But I'm willing to find out if I can have perfect skin. Ugh, I'm so vain. See, I'm really, like, cynical about this now. And I'm not someone who is naturally cynical about a lot of things, except environmental issues. But we'll talk about that later. Um, (laughs) The planet is dying. Please help. Um, So, (laughs) I I think for me, I'm in this really unique situation. And the... And the doctor at that sexual health clinic really told me, she's like, you're one of these rare people who the progesterone and the Mirena is bad for you. And the and the estrogen, synthetic estrogen hormone in birth control pills is going to eventually, it could possibly lead to stroke. So we can't prescribe that to you. So you can either take the anxiety or you can get a copper IUD. Right. Which and also I'm glad, terrifies me. I'm, I'm about to get it inserted next week. So oh. I'm really excited because, you know, if this doesn't work, I don't know what I'm going to do. I think I might just have to have babies or something. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've been off birth control for over a month now. Yes. I have never felt so amazing in my, well, it, since I was 17. And so this whole dramatic journey, like, I feel so, like, just serene in ways that I never have before. Not that I'm not, like, high strung anymore, but it's just like, I can just like exist without fighting against this wall of anxiety that tells me everything's going to go wrong. And it's just like, I love who I am naturally. And I like what my natural hormones are doing. I feel like this is me and my truest form. And I absolutely love who I am when I'm not on any synthetic hormones. That's amazing. Um, I think it's really also important to point out that like you have mentioned how supportive and understanding your partner has been through this entire process, but you have taken this whole journey on yourself to like really find something that works for you. Like has your partner like ever journeyed to see what they can do if like, because you can't do birth control. He said before too, that he would get a vasectomy if he was allowed to, because that's one way that men can, you know, do something upon themselves. However, they don't allow you to do it until after you've had children, which I think is pretty wrong because if you can make the choice at 18 to have kids, that's a lifelong choice. Why can't you make the same choice to not have kids, especially when it's a reversible surgery? I know there's complications, but if you're willing to take that risk, I think you should be able to. Preach girl. Um, So to give a little shout out to another podcast that we both listened to on Ladylike, there was an entire episode about how difficult it is for women to get um, sterilized more or less, to have their tubes tied or anything resulting in not having children from a medical procedure. Because there are many women out there, there are many people in general out there who are very 
um, certain of the fact that they don't want to have children. And it's interesting how much those people are doubted because we don't doubt the people who are so certain of having children, right? Like you said, like it's, you can choose to have a child at the age of 18 with less consequence and less opinion than choosing to permanently never have children. And I think that is awful and that needs to change. Um, and I, it is changing. Those attitudes are changing and those rights are changing. Um, but I also think, and that it's interesting in your situation, it reminds me of a lot of other situations where, you know, you see the girl struggling to come up with something that works for her because they're taking on this role of making sure that a baby doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And as supportive and as understanding as the partner can be, they're not sitting there being like, you know what? I see how stressed you are. You don't worry about it. I'll find a way. I will do whatever it takes. I will wear as many condoms. Not that you should ever be doubling up people. I hope we understand that by now. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not like partners, male partners specifically, are falling to the ground saying, I will find a way. I will try anything to make sure that you aren't stressed out about this. It's almost like back in the 70s when we asked for the right to control, you know, our own contraception, they were like, fine, here. And we were then burdened with it instead of gifted with it. Because it's like, not only are men not falling over themselves to try to help us in general, but there's not even that many options for them. Right. what do men have other than condoms and vasectomies? There's and like, no, like no in between. That's like one extreme or the other. Right. And, and like one, you know, you can't actually access. And the other is not actually that successful. I'm sorry, but condoms, like, like it just, I'm really glad that the, the professional that I talked to at the health clinic didn't try and push that. When I said, nope, that's not going to work for me, she let it go because they break they the access to them is not always there it's something that's very like you know uh, can be successful cannot be it's not really realistic and you're right that there is no other option for them so it's good that if your partner is sympathetic but it's like i'm sure a lot of times they also feel like what can i do exactly because you know? like, it's like i wish i could take on you know this burden from you but at the end of the day women do have more options even though they're shit and Like, the only reason we don't actually have more options for men, not to say that they're not being worked on, but because men are seeing how women are struggling and they're demanding better for themselves. Like, there's a lot of, you know, people and articles and publications out there that make fun of all of these male birth control test trials because, you know, men dropped out of the trial or they stopped it or it failed because they were complaining about mood swings or, you know, gaining weight or acne. And it's like, oh my gosh, we have to put up with that too. But at the end of the day, nobody should have to put up with that. So men are demanding better for themselves as we should be demanding better for ourselves. Exactly. Especially with one of the side effects is a stroke and death. Like that's the thing. You know, if I did have a partner who was pressuring me to beyond something as quickly as possible or to if they were like no you can't stop taking your pill because of me and because of my needs you know what like I'm not willing to die for that and that's like kind of the level it felt like it was at where you know I'm not going to do that again and I'm in a tough situation so if this copper IUD doesn't work what am I to do exactly because have babies I guess Right. Let's let's say like you are in a very common situation where you've been in a relationship for so long to the point where and like 
people can say all they want about using condoms, but it does get to a point where it feels almost like juvenile. Like it, it feels, you know, we are in a very serious committed relationship that's probably going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not working for us and you have the right to choose that and many people do. I don't know many couples that still use condoms. Also, it creates a lot of waste, which I'm not all about. It's just a terrible <laughs> waste creator, when, especially when people just flush them down the toilet. And it's it's really hard because at the end of the day, there just aren't any options. And for women also, birth control is very much related to having their period, making sure it's scheduled because at the end of the day, like there's so much stigma around that. And that can be a whole other topic that we talk about. But like there's so much stigma around like getting a period, even though 60% of the population gets it, that we feel this need. Like I've always been relying on my birth control to make sure that I know like the day my period is showing up, I am prepared for those days. So I don't have any accidents. And That is a whole other issue because I get very, very angry and stressed about that. It's just all extremely stressful to have to consider so many things when, like, you just feel like society isn't considering you in general. Mm -hmm. And it's it's annoying that I feel like, well, I guess I'll just have a baby then because that's not the right attitude. Like, that's not not how I want to bring a child into the world. I want it to be a very conscious choice, not like I've given up on Mm -hmm. all these methods. There is another option that I was considering, and I did bring it to the sexual health uh, doctor, and it is to track your temperature to see when you're most fertile in a month. Basically, you can track it as best as you can using apps and your temperature, and then usually two weeks after the first day of your period, you're most likely to release an egg, and that's when you should have sex if you're trying to have a child. But then if you're not trying to have a child, there's a few days before and after your period where it's very unlikely that you would get pregnant. So when I brought it up to the sexual health doctor, she's like, nope, 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 nope. She was basically just like, if I'm going to sit here and be professional and you're trying to find a contraceptive, I would not be doing my job if I was to tell you that's what you should do. Amazing. Uh, because she just basically told me that uh, it's honestly, it's because sperm can live inside of your vagina for like seven days afterwards so Mm -hmm. even if you think you're in the clear like seven days later are you still in the clear like that's you know (laughs) that's uh, that's insane so that's why I kind of like wipe that off the table but then again what am I going to do otherwise if this doesn't work you know what maybe I'll just wish it into existence and speak it into existence that the copper IUD will work for me I'm putting that out into the universe for you, Rach. We're putting it out there, and I'll keep you all posted in a couple weeks of on uh, if it's a success story or not. I love it. I will also let everyone know if I uh, end up with any weird complications from this crazy-ass birth control pill I'm going to start next week. Isn't it crazy that we're both, like, fully adults who have been dealing with this for so long, and we're still, like, in a state of flux? Yeah. we still don't feel fully protected and safe? It is one of the more disappointing facts about society, I think. I want to believe that someone's working on it somewhere. Fuck, I hope, I hope so. I honestly think in like 20, 30 years, years, they'll look back and be like, wow, I can't believe we pumped entire generations of our women with these ridiculous, risky, fake synthetic hormones. Because there's something that happens when like you're, you start creating your own hormones again after you stop. And it it's like you just feel... Man, I, I wish I had better words. I, I just as a great. writer, I should I should be able to articulate myself more eloquently, but like I just feel like 
clear. Sunshine. Yeah. yeah it clear. feels like sunshine. And it just feels like this is me authentically. Like this is who I really am. Hormones and all, changes and all. Everything is in flux and I'm still going through cycles, but I don't feel these huge drops in hormones anymore or these huge rises in emotional like, you know, waves. It's just me. Absolutely. I love that. So let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll review how our challenges are going so far and how we feel like meditation is impacting us. And we'll see y'all soon. Hey, Tranquilites. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. We put out a new podcast episode every Monday. And we'd love for you to subscribe to us. You can see our beautiful little logo pop up on Mondays or Tuesday mornings, wherever you want to listen to it. And don't forget to leave us a review with a challenge idea. Slide into our DMs with a topic idea. And most importantly, share our posts and get at us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. And we'd love for you to join our little Tranquilite squad. And you can also email us at justrelaxpod at gmail.com. And all of our social media handles are at justrelaxpod. See you there. All right, Rach, we are one week into our first two-week challenge of meditating every day. How is your uh, challenge going so far? You know what? It's going pretty well. I'm in some ways pleasantly surprised and in other ways disappointingly disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) How descriptive of you. Thank you. I am an English major. So I've been using the app uh, Headspace which I thought I really liked because I remember using it before and I liked the idea of it. However, I'm going to trash it a little bit because the the platform and you don't subscribe to it or pay for anything is very limiting. There isn't a whole lot you can do. Everything seems locked and there's some really shady business that they're doing where something doesn't seem like it's locked. So you click on it and then it gives you like a little bit of a animated video clip and they're like, well, if you actually want to meditate with us, you got to pay us which I understand it's a business, but I also feel like when meditating is something that, you know, is a very old practice that we do borrow in some ways from other cultures, there should be some level of like, you should have at least a starter pack to get you interested or like there should be some level of it that is accessible. So I've been kind of doing two things. I've been using the Headspace app some days, but then other days I find it's really nice and better for me to meditate with no technology at all because I find a lot of my stress and high strung nature comes from the fact that I'm always plugged into things I think it's pretty unhealthy for me Uh, I really want to someday like delete all my social media and like live off the land so the fact that like to relax I need my phone just seems counterintuitive so what I do instead is I just set a timer on my phone so I guess I'm still using it in some way we can't escape it SOS again. Um, but then I know that, okay, 15 minutes is up. I need to go be more productive and go about my day. So what I do is just kind of silently sit there and I don't engage with any of my thoughts. Something really cool happens with me and it's going to sound kind of whatever. So I see colors like flow in and out over my vision when I get into meditating, like pulsing like rings of indigo And like, it kind of like comes in waves of green and there's orange and blue and and yellow. And it's just like, they come in pulsing, like kind of uh, organic shapes, but it's really like I'm going down a tunnel and it's really beautiful and it's really cool. And then when I get to that level, I know I've really entered the meditation and then it becomes like really successful because that's when my brain is empty and I'm just kind of like following the flow of these colors. Do you think I'm 
nuts? Yes. Okay. I don't know what's going on, but I feel like it's really nice. That's good. So you're enjoying <laughs> you're enjoying it then. Wow, you're judging me so harshly. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> so um crazy person, you're enjoying this. <laughs> can I trust anything you say now? I honestly think it's probably just because I'm resting my eyes and I'm closing them and they're so used to getting all this light in different color and my eyes are like kind of strained a lot of the time that maybe it's just like they're not used to not having anything to look at when I'm being conscious. Right. I totally appreciate that. Yeah. Or I'm achieving some inner being or higher self or it's uh, the spirit world. Who knows? I'll let you know next week (laughs) when we review the whole thing. (laughs) How is it going for you? Not the same. Oh. So I'm using the app Calm. And I would just like to review what I said I was going to try to accomplish uh, in our last episode, which was that I was going to work my way up to a five-minute meditation by the end of this week and a 10-minute meditation by the end of the next week. So let me just say that that is not even an option in the Calm app because they're only 10-minute meditations. So the first time I, like, put it on, I was like, oh, fuck, (laughs) this is 10 minutes. Um, So the first thing that I noticed that – it was that it was extremely difficult for me to not grab my phone and like do my little dance of the thumb and open all of my apps in the succession that I usually open them in. Uh. Um, I did really like the woman's voice. She has a very lovely voice. Uh, 10 minutes was a really long time. And so I have like a, I don't guess a history with meditation. Like I have experience with it before um, where I feel like I've never actually succeeded in it. And it's because I feel like I try to control my thoughts too much. Like I'm too much of like a thought Nazi, if you will. Just like I'm like, my thoughts should be like clear the entire time. And I should be like, it should be so easy for me to just like identify my thoughts and like not engage in them. It's not like that. It's very fucking hard. And so like I gave up halfway through the first meditation set and like trying to control my thoughts. I just kind of like whatever I gave up halfway through and I didn't like turn off the meditation I just like kind of sat there and let the let the lady talk and just like deep breathed with my eyes closed like it was still relaxing it just like wasn't engaging as much as maybe I should have um on the second day tried to do the same thing was super distracted by both of my pets because my dog got an extremely loud squeaky toy halfway through my meditation and my cat jumped on the bed and It didn't work, so I ended up, like, fucking off and, like, again, just sitting there and, like, listening to it. I also had to end up paying for it. And, like, I'm going to cancel it before the payment goes through because it's, like, oh, you have to sign up for, like, your free seven-day trial or whatever. So it's, like, before that trial is over, I'll, like, cancel it or whatever. You know what I mean? So that I don't end up paying for it. I think you should try doing it without an app. So that's what I'm going to do now for the second week is what I've decided. Yeah. Um, the next two days, I forgot to meditate. Are so, you serious? Yeah, I just we just started. <laughs> I just I did it for two weeks, two days, and I forgot. And it wasn't until Friday that I was sitting there. I hope you did it for thirty minutes. No, it was Friday. Saturday. Yeah. It was Saturday, and I was actually on a date on Saturday, and I was sitting there like describing to this person that I was starting a podcast and this is what about. And I was like, yeah, and our first challenge is meditate, and I already fucked up. <laughs> I was like, and I forgot to do it for the last two days. So (laughs) that's great. 
Um, but I have done it for the last three days. I, on the next day that I actually did it, I stopped halfway through to start cuddling my dog. I still let it like play through, but I just kind of like rolled around on my bed and like put my face in my dog's fur and stuff. Um, on the next day I did it on my couch with my cat and I tried to really focus and I said this to you earlier, but I do think that just taking time, like 10 minutes to myself every day to kind of like decompress and basically it's not like I'm I'm not attempting to meditate really hard but I'm also like not focusing on my thoughts I'm not sitting there like over analyzing or overthinking anything like I am paying attention to what this woman is saying I am like taking you know conscious tally of what's happening in my head and I think that has resulted in me being calmer in more tense situations um and then last night I did it before bed and it was difficult because I had a cold, so my nose was running. So I ended up doing it laying on my back so that my nose wouldn't run. But yeah, it was fine. Um, but this is the funny story that I wanted to uh, tell about something that happened today that reminded me of the challenge. So in my um, grad program, I have this very, very fucking cool professor who is this beautiful black man um, who is so hipster and he's like in his early 40s and just like extremely cool and he teaches about the victim the victimization of men and he's so woke he's just like very very like with it and like very cool so i was describing my smoothie to a classmate today and how there was coconut kefir in the smoothie and i was describing what kefir was to my friend and this man overheard me and was like, yeah, like, like kefir's really cool. Like, it's just great. Like, it's just great for your gut. Like, it really helps with, like, your gut flora. And, like, just picture this, like, beautiful black man who wears, like, a beanie every day and teaches you about, like, men getting victimized. And just, like, in this lovely button-up. Um, he's like, yeah, like, kefir's, like, so good for your gut. And it's just, like, really cool. He's like, yeah, kombucha's also, like, really good for you. And he's, like, going on about it. I was like, oh, is there, like, anything else you're, like, into? And he was like, um, there's this, like, uh, meditation, you know, channel on YouTube that I'm trying to get really into to, like, calm my mind and stuff. Oh. It's called med- It's called Meditative Minds. And I was like, oh, and I, like, wrote it down in my notebook. <laughs> it was really great. It was just, like, so funny that this this professor was going on about this. So, yeah, he brought to the attention, to my attention, um, this meditative minds youtube channel which i've been exploring and it seems very very fucking cool and this is what i'm going to try for the next um week and the aesthetic is very gorgeous and uh that's what i'm like excited about because you know it's just like it's not guided so there's no words it's just a lot of like music and it just like you know can set some time aside for you to like do your thing I like so, that because it's accessible to everybody and you don't have to pay for it. So Exactly. Unless you, you got to pay for your internet, which is a rude awakening of moving to a place that doesn't have <laughs> unlimited internet. So overall, for me right now, meditation is 5 out of 10 would not recommend. But we'll see oh. how the second week goes. Well, I've been noticing some changes in my personal life. I've been in a really good mood lately, but I think it's also because of my birth control like coming off of yeah. the pill you have but it's like a it feels really good I'm also really happy to be in this new place and I think like I'm just I found a good home so I think that's part of it as well maybe it's also meditating and just being able to recognize and like feel a little bit more grateful um but one thing I did notice is 
one morning, I think it was yesterday morning, actually. So I did the meditation in the morning and then I was like, okay. Anyway, so yesterday I was going out of my, my apartment building and I was going to pick up my mail on the way out and it was going to be my documentation that I've been waiting for. And it's been kind of this one thing where I'm like, once I have this in my hands, I'm set to go and I have really nothing to worry about for like two years. Wow. And I already have the documents, like I have them, they've been sent, I have pictures of them, but I don't physically have them because there was a mailing issue and they were at, you know, my parents' house and then all over the place. So I just need them in my hands. So I go down there and it's not there and it was supposed to arrive on Friday. And so I start freaking out and I start getting so upset and just thinking like, what if, what if it doesn't come? What if, what if it's lost in the mail? And then I saw two trash cans by the mail where everybody was throwing their flyers and stuff but I also saw some regular mail in there so I'm like what if it like the last person who was moving out of my apartment maybe the mail got there before I got there and they just like threw it out or something like I had all these thoughts in my mind but I was walking out of the out of my building and I was going to work and I was just like what can I do about it like what can I actually do and I just had a moment of like you don't know that it's in the trash you don't know where it is but it doesn't mean it's somewhere it shouldn't be and it was just a nice moment where I had like more t- more ability to process it when I think in the past I would have just like let it ruin my whole day so you came to the realization that you couldn't control something because of meditation your is what you're telling me that you have a more calm and rational mind now because of a week of meditation I don't yeah. mean to sound so judgy you do sound super judgy but um I did also tell you I was seeing fancy colors when I was meditating so like I totally deserve it um yeah. but maybe they're your you know, chakras maybe oh that'd be weird that'd be really cool but I mean I we'd like to do a Reiki challenge at some point so we can learn about all that maybe I'll ask someone like when we're doing some other cool energy challenges yes I'd be like hey I see colors when I meditate So in the past week, what are some moments where you came close to feeling like you're actually relaxing or like achieving that state of calm that we're striving for? Actually, on Sunday, I had a family event. And okay, so typically I get very, very stressed when I'm waiting for someone to pick me up. Like I'm an extremely planned and functional person. And because my brother usually comes on his way through to our parents' place, he picks me up or we meet like here and then I drive or whatever. And so I'm always waiting for him. And there have been times where I have been too anxious to wait for him because like being late is such an anxiety inducing thing for me that even though it's like an hour extra driving for me, I'm like, I'm not going to wait for you. Like, I'm just going to leave now because you're going to be late to my house because you left your house late, which means we're going to be late to mom and dad's house. So I just have to leave now to be on time. And he's like, like, okay. Um, but I just like need to do that and you know, whatever. And he'll like apologize. He'll be like, you know, I'm sorry. I wasn't there on time. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's not you. It's me. Like I'm the one who has to be on time. But this Sunday we arranged it that he would pick me up and then I would finish driving us to mom and dad's house. And I was mentally prepared for the fact that he could be late and I didn't even stress. It might have it might have actually helped that he like actually got there on time. Um, but <laughs> usually like I'm stressing before that because I'm like, okay, because I'm so aware of the timing of everything. I'm like, so if he's gonna be here by this time, he needs to have left his house by this time. So like if he doesn't text me that he's left, I will text him and be like, where are you? Like, have you left your house yet? Like, are you on the way? Are you in traffic? How's the traffic? When do you think you're gonna get here? Where are you about? It's like, what is the last intersection you drove through? And he'll be like, relax. 
which plays into why we're trying to do this because for the first time I texted him and I was like, hey, on your way. And he was like, yep. Didn't even ask, like, have you left yet? Because this was like some time after he should have left. So he could have like just left for all I know. And uh, he showed up on time. I didn't panic at all. And it was like, it was nice to just be like calm about that. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't know if it was like a I'm more confident in the fact that he'll be here or I just am like, there's no point in stressing because it'll just happen as it happens kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, like I was that. like relaxed while I was waiting for my brother and it was nice. Um, when was a time that you felt like genuinely relaxed this week? So the other night, I've been really enjoying that this apartment building I moved into has a yoga studio and people don't seem to utilize it. So like I can put on some yoga classes and like do that. I know it's kind of bougie. I'm not used to it, but here we are. I know it's so nice. So it's a really like nice quiet space that I can utilize at any time during the day. So I'll in the evening do some yoga and stretching, which I really need for my, you know, stressed out muscles. And I just being tall and lanky doesn't bode well to like feeling like great when you have all these stressed out tense muscles so I really needed to give a good stretch and I actually put on the calm or sorry the actually put on headspace when I was doing my yoga because then I was like oh I like this guy's voice and I just want to hear these concepts and like kind of take them in but I remember afterwards I walked back up to my apartment and I was like oh my gosh this feels so freaking good like I just feel like these waves of like (sighs) you know That's awesome. So I walked into my apartment and then I was just really happy about being here. You know, I I ended up just like listening to the music I was listening to after I I turned off the Headspace app and it was just a really like beautiful song. And I remember just like dancing in my empty apartment and just feeling like really good about where I was at. That's so good. Wow. So it looks like we may be accomplishing our goal. Yeah, we're getting there. And I hope uh, you tranquilites are finding your calm wherever you might. And let us know about it, too. I'd love to hear about your calm spaces and those moments where you feel a bit closer to being relaxed. Yeah, Namas Bays, write us a review, you know, rate, review, subscribe, and tell us a time when you felt relaxed this week. Yeah, and then, you know, if it's something really obscure, like doing a headstand and eating vanilla ice cream, like maybe I'll try it because uh, I'll do just about anything. (laughs) I won't do either of those things because I hate headstands and vanilla ice cream. But anything else, I will try. (laughs) All right. Have a good chill time, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to us complain about all the things that stress us out. It's like we're best friends already. Join us next week to hear us bitch about more things that stress us out. Until then, just relax.